This is Health Yeah, your weekly update on what's going on in the health, wellness, and medical world with Monica Robbins. Hey everyone, I'm Monica Robbins. Thank you so much for tuning into Health Yeah, your prescription for clear, concise medical health and wellness information. This episode is part three of a three-part series on gender affirmation surgery, specifically phalloplasty, which is creating a penis typically using the skin of a patient's arm. In part one, I introduced you to the patient. In part two, we learn more about this complex procedure with Dr. Gupta. And in this episode, we learn more about the plastic surgery aspect of this procedure with Dr. Tobias Long from University Hospitals, Cleveland Medical Centers, LGBTQ and Gender Care Services Clinic. As a plastic surgeon, how did you get in this line? Um, sort of going into it, it was, uh, I was, you know, general reconstructive plastics. It's kind of what they needed at the time. So, and it fit my skill set with also focus on cosmetics and everything. Um, but I did have a lot of training and um, exposure to uh, gender affirming surgery uh, in training. So that obviously, you know, gave me an interest in it. And uh, I, so, you know, when those consults started coming in, a couple with, you know, um, Isaac and Robert being some of the, the first ones with top surgery, um, I was like, yeah, you know, I, I can do this. I love this surgery. We'll, you know, we'll get it done. And, and then I met Dr. Gupta uh, early on. Uh, actually, I interviewed him when he came up here from Kentucky. And, um, and then when he started, you know, we just meshed really well. And, and he's done a great job of really growing the whole service line. You know, even a couple of years ago when I was training uh, and say, yeah, you know, I, I did a case, you know, with one of my attendings it was even, you know, kind of like some, depending on who I was talking to, there was a little bit of like hesitation. Um, it's really changed the last few years as far as that aspect. It's been, you know, it's just really, you know, people are just want to know what, you know, what, what do you do? Like, how do you do the surgery? And um, it's, there's a lot more kind of social acceptance, which is great, um, both for the practice, for the patients. Um, so as far as, you know, a lot of it is like surgical details or what people want to know, like, you know, exactly like, you know, for the bottom surgery, it, the, the most commonly thing is about the phalloplasties. You know, where do you take the tissue? How do you make a phallus? You know, people want to know that. Is it doesn't work? <laughs> you know, stuff like that. Um, so, yeah, but it's it's definitely a hot topic at parties when it comes up. <laughs> so in, in Bobby's case, he told me he's doing forearm, correct? Is that mm -hmm. pretty much the standard? Yes. Yeah, it, it gives the most... Um, aesthetically matching phallus that you can do because the tissue when you roll it um, from the forearm um, really it, it makes a nice you know anatomic phallus rather than in the you know other options being the thigh and you know, other there's other tissues with the back and stuff it just either it's too it's too thick it's too big then you have to do uh, what we call debulking procedures where you have to actually make it smaller um, and then also the anatomy between hooking up the nerves and the vessels really works well. So it gets the best for having sensation, both, you know, skin sensation and erogenous sensation. Um, it's, it's, it's by far the most successful there. Um, so we try to, Dr. Gupta and I both try to sort of lean patients towards the forearm. Um, now there are some cases where if they've had previous trauma or other things that you can't use that. And then you know, obviously you got to use, you know, other other options, but it's uh, if it's available, it's by far the best um, phallus reconstruction. Pretty much for any bottom surgery, it's never a once and done thing. Um, if we're talking specifically about phalloplasty, it is, yeah, it's three stages um, where, and it's about 12 to 15 months. So it's a huge buy-in for, you know, pa these, you know, patients are working, they've 
got kids, you know, so it's a lot of coordination um, and everything uh, to, to, to make it happen. But, um, you know, stage one is, is the, probably the, the longest, the most kind of complex of the procedures where you're actually creating the phallus, taking the tissue from the forearm, bringing it down to the groin, hooking up the arteries, the veins, the nerves. Um, and then the second stage is, uh, stage two is, is typically where the vaginectomy is done. Um, and then also you use um, the labia to recreate a scrotum. And then stage three is the implants, whether it's, you know, a um, phallus implant uh, for, you know, erect um, function or also testicular implants. Um, so that's sort of the, the, the fine tuning, you know, that can almost be done outpatient or overnight. So it's a lot less involved, but it does involve three stages. Um, and then in between stage one, stage two, there's a skin grafting where we actually, we delay skin grafting the arm um, because at the time of the first stage, uh, we like to use a skin substitute to really uh, create a more anatomic reconstruction for the donor site. Um, I think that's really benefited patients as far as, you know, really reducing any complications with tendon exposure or delayed healing in the forearm. And then it gets a nice, um, you fill out the tissues, you get a nice skin graft on there, and they can even go as far as to getting it tattooed down the line. And you can really even almost hide that donor site completely um, down once it's all healed up. So it's, it's good. We've definitely come a long way. And it's, it's something that you, it's, it's much not necessarily easier, but safer to do in a, where you're not traveling, um, you know, versus you can, you have a little bit more leeway with the, the vaginal plasties. Um, but the big thing with it is it's, it's microsurgery. So anytime you hook up, um, you're taking tissue from one part of the body to another, hooking up arteries and veins. This is something we routinely do in plastic surgery for all sorts of reconstruction. The big conversation to have is if there is a clot in the, in the artery or the vein in the, Usually that happens. If, it, if it's going to happen, it's going to happen in the first 24, 48 hours statistically. Um, so that's why we have to have patients in the hospital. We have to be watching them closely. Even you know, for the first 24 hours, it's every hour we're checking on those blood vessels. Um, and because if that clot forms, then you, you got to be able to have the option of going back to the operating room to be able to figure out what's going on, try to salvage the reconstruction. And um, you know, typically you just want to avoid having to go down that path. Um, but we're talking, you know, we're, you know this is getting to the point where we're like 3% when you look at a national uh, statistic rate of that happening, of, of losing a reconstruction completely. Um, and uh, we are doing a great job so far at University Hospital is being even below that. So um, it's, very, it's very safe. It's, it's a conversation that I have to have and Dr. Gupta has it too with all our patients just so you know, they have to be aware of it and you want them to be informed. But um, it's definitely, it's definitely safe. And, um, it's, it's been proven to be a great, uh, great technique, you know, obviously in the right hands. Why did we need a center here in Northeast Ohio and in Cleveland? Why, why was it important that you guys even got together and started doing this? Um, well, one, there's, there's the, there's a population for it here. Um, uh, there's demographic and it was, it's a huge, you know, just not even in Ohio, but I think, you know, my hope would be that these centers continue to grow because it's a huge underserved population. The whole, and what we're, what Dr. Gupta has really been done an awesome job in driving is this whole multidisciplinary um, focus on the, on the LGBTQ plus community and, and being able to, you know, both have providers that are open uh, to the population who, who want to help them out, who are focused in that kind of, in this kind of medicine. Um, it really, um, that's been, that's, that's sort of the, 
the underlying, you know, it's, it's awesome what we're doing, but there's this whole or bigger picture of just being able to address uh, this community and, and health and health concerns on just like a, you know, a primary care basis and stuff. And that's, um, it's really, uh, he's, you know, he's really pioneered it here and it's not, it's definitely not the way that a lot of places, uh, even across on a national basis are, are doing it yet. So it's, it's pretty cool. How busy are you with this, with this particular population? I'm assuming you do both, you, you know, you'll do, um, but how busy are you? Like, let's say one of the easiest things I would assume is top surgery mm -hmm. um, for both. So how busy are you at your clinic and how many, um, how many of your patients really don't, unlike Bobby who had to come in two hours, how many of your patients really don't have to travel that far? Um, so it's, it's been, it's gone from, I, you know, I'd say maybe a year ago where it was, you know, a, maybe a few patients a month to now it's every week. And now we're doing surgeries on a weekly basis. And it's going to be at this trajectory, it's going to be once a week. <laughs> um, and it's really kind of taken over. I've actually, to prioritize uh, the gender affirming surgery, I've slowed down on a lot of other things that I was doing, um, you know, because there, there's a whole other world of plastic surgery that I, you know, that I do too. But um, I've really gotten to a point where this is almost, right now it's about 50% of my practice and it's, if anything, it's going to be more. Um, and um, so it's, it's, it's definitely increased from a, I guess from a, from patients coming in, it's probably, I'd say about, about the majority, about three quarters of the patients are local. Um, so it's, it's definitely inspiring to see that, you know, they're, they're like, I, I, and a lot of the stories are, I was looking at getting this done and, in you know Pennsylvania or San Francisco or you know Texas and then I found that you guys are doing it right here like <laughs> so and it's it's not like you know those guys also do an excellent job with it but it's much safer uh, from both you know to be able to do something locally especially this uh, technical you know it's not like a once and done surgery that people are just jumping into I mean they, they have to go through mental health reviews test they have to go through uh, hormone therapy there's there's whole guidelines that we follow um, so it take you know, it's, it's a ton of work to, to be able to get into it, um, and get it approved. But at the same time, you know, that's safe because we make sure that it's, we are, you know, screening for, cause I'm sure there's patients out there that may given a looser guideline restriction may try to take advantage of it and, and end up regretting what they do. But by the time these patients, um, are kind of signing up for surgery, they've, they've been through the gamut. They've, they're ready to go. They know. Um, you know, even as far as their community online, they know already kind of what they're looking at, what their healing process is. Um, they share pictures openly um, online. And that, that brings a whole other point that if they have really, as a group, um, create a community that, that it almost makes our job easy. <laughs> For more information on gender affirmation surgery, please check out University Hospital's clinic website. I put a link in the podcast description. Please find me on Twitter and Instagram at Monica Robbins. Catch up on health news and future podcasts on my Facebook page, Monica Robbins WKYC. Video podcasts are uploaded to my YouTube channel. Just search Monica Robbins and please subscribe too. Keep up to date on all of your new sports and weather on WKYC.com and the WKYC YouTube channel, and please follow the WKYC social media accounts as well. Random acts of kindness are good for your soul. Practice them daily. I'm Monica Robbins. Until next time, have a healthy week. Thanks for listening to Health Yeah! with Monica Robbins from WKYC Studios. 
subscribe now so you never miss an update. And find more on everything you heard here on WKYC.com and on the WKYC app.